Well, you've got a bonus episode on the Upgraded Life podcast. What you're going to hear in this show is actually a co-show. So me and Alex Van Houten, who runs Defining Dad Bod as a podcast and as a fitness coach, we're going to jam together. The reason why is I hired Alex to be my fitness coach. And in this show, we're going to go back and forth and talk about our experiences, him being a coach of a coach and me being a coach that's being coached. It was fun. I hope you get something out of it. I also want you to know that I put my money where my mouth is. I'm not just one of those coaches who isn't willing to invest in myself. I decided prior to COVID that I was going to be in the best physical fitness of my life. And Alex Van Houten with Defining Dad Bod helped me to do just that. Hello, thanks for tuning in to the Upgraded Life podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nick Sotelo. The Upgraded Life is my personal project where I help people realize and reach their potential. I've been a professional helper for 20 years. Here's what I'm convinced of. The life that you have right now and the life that you want tomorrow is a product of your personal mindset, mission, and movement. Each episode of the Upgraded Life podcast is going to give you something that you can do as soon as the episode is over to upgrade your personal mindset. Your mindset informs your mission. Your mission tells you how to move every single day. And together, that is the Upgraded Life. What's up, guys? This is Alex Van Houten, and I'm joined with my good buddy now uh, because we shared an interview several months ago. Nick Satello, but now we've gotten to know each other quite a bit over the last 16 weeks, and that's what we're in to talk about. We've got a different kind of conversation today, don't we? Absolutely do, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about it. So thanks so much for joining me. How are you today, brother? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's a uh, blustery Friday fall day here in uh, the West Coast in Oregon, but yeah, I'm doing well. Ready for the weekend. <laughs> nice. I'm ready for us to get over this rain, actually. We've had like, uh, I don't know if you've seen the the Midwest has been hit by freezing rain and stuff. And I kind of escaped some of it, not to make anybody jealous. I was in Cabo with, on my anniversary trip and I, we were like 92 degrees and beautiful. And then we came here and it was, it was shock. It was like 38 right. degrees, just like almost snowing, freezing rain, cold. And <laughs> Kristen's like, this is terrible. We need to go back. <laughs> go back. We, we came back nice. for our kids though. We came back for our kids. <laughs> now, we are having a different kind of conversation today, and that is we connected uh, a few months ago. We, we did an interview, and then you inquired about coaching as I do health and fitness coaching to help you with your body composition, to help you with your nutrition and whatnot. And we've been doing that for the last 16 weeks now, uh, which wow. has gone by kind of fast. Yes. <laughs> To say it out loud, it's like, really? It's been that long? But it's been quite the experience. And so I was hoping to be able to share some of that story from both of our perspectives. Me coaching a coach, because you help other people with a lot of things, and you from a client's perspective. The health and fitness coaching thing is a little bit new to you. So are you ready to dive in? Absolutely. I wanted to start with kind of framing the journey. You know, what brought you to the point in your life where you're like, you know what? I'm seriously considering getting a health and fitness coach and figuring out this nutrition and exercise thing. Absolutely. You know, and I'll point out 
for folks that um, the problem generally isn't the problem and the reason generally isn't the reason. <laughs> Meaning that, you know, what we might say to ourselves or might say to a potential coach as what the problem is and what the reasons why you want to address it more times than not, it's a good start, but it really isn't there. Mm. And so I'll say that's definitely was part of my process and journey. So on the front end, you know, I'm 43 years old now and I went through a phase in my late twenties where I was in graduate school for the better part of three years. I actually experienced dad bod before we called it dad bod. <laughs> and, you know, thanks to you, Alex, um, for really kind of explaining, you know, just kind of the, the genetics that are at play and the biomechanics that are at play when you are uh, bringing children into this world. And I know a lot of that focus, rightfully so, goes on the women. Uh, and at the same time, it was because of you and uh, bringing children in the world also has a, a biological genetic impact, hormonal impact on on men too. So I can look back on it and be like, oh, yeah. So the combination of uh, bringing my first child into the world and being in graduate school and working full time, dude, I came out the other side of that being about 30 pounds overweight. Mm, what a rough combo. <laughs> and <yeah>, absolutely. <laughs> and this is coming off you know, an athletic background, pretty athletic guy throughout high school, three-sport athlete, um, did a lot of sports uh, in early 20s, and was still that guy even during this phase, you know, late 20s, where I was playing, you know, adult league, men's softball, four to five mm -hmm. nights a week. I was playing pickup basketball still, you know, all this with, you know, 30 extra pounds roughly around my midsection, right? And so figuratively speaking, it didn't really slow me down at that mm -hmm. point in time. So, Made some changes back then. This is back when, when Atkins was the rage. It was kind of the peak of, you know, Atkins being you know, all over the place. You couldn't, I mean, you basically couldn't go outside your house without tripping over something that was you know, Atkins <laughs> right. based, right? You know, and so embraced that and lost, you know, I probably lost 15, 20 pounds, started training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and, you know, got back to, you know, I would say reasonable shape. I was never... Um, you know, I never had a physique that would be worthy of a, uh, of a magazine or anything like that, even in my athletic days. Um, so that was never kind of my, my baseline or my goal that I was trying to return to. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, through my thirties, just kind of drifting again uh, and getting back to the point to where uh, early forties, stepping on the scale and being like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> uh, you know, got to do something about that. And so that really started for me 2018, where I started the mental process of being intentional about moving the, the needle on the mm. scale, so to speak. You know, I was at my peak, I was at 250. And even though Atkins isn't in your face anymore, but all the health alerts are when you're that age and, and you're, you're pushing now 40 pounds overweight, or at least for what I mm. wanted to do. Um, and so that's what really kind of started it for me. And I started doing things on my own, you know, again, um, trying this or that for, you know, a handful of days or a couple of weeks at a time and getting frustrated and getting stalled out, you know, on my own, I lost about 12 pounds um, is kind of where I was able to get to and maintain that 12 pound gain, you know, or, or deficit uh, for about a year and really kind of plateaued and staled out. I just really couldn't get past that, that 12 pound mark. And so we had done the interview together and then you put out the quick start, I think is what you call it, right? The, yeah. The, the jumpstart program. The jumpstart. Yes. And I thought, you know, <laughs> what I'm doing isn't getting me there. So I might as well check this out. And I think the jumpstart was a, was a great way to at least get me to, to take that first step. Mm. Well, 
Thanks for the story, man. I appreciate that. And that happens to so many guys is having a background in athletics. You hit those stages in life where things are busy. You may or may not know about all the hormonal stuff that happens after kids and whatnot, but things get really busy. And then you try to do what you did before (laughs) and you find that your body's not going to do that, (laughs) or at least not without paying for it. And, and then, you know, you add 40 pounds onto a, I don't know, even like a 40 yard sprint Uh, that just your knees, your hips, your ankles, your back, everything's like, Hey dude, stop it. And so a lot of guys, what I love about you is is a lot of guys in that state will say, I'm old. I'm just too old for this. I'm going to throw in the towel. You know, you've got two, you've got two strapping young men under your, you're like, you know, that's for them. (laughs) They, They do the, they do athletic stuff, but you're like, man, I know I could be better than this. Maybe I'm not going to be my 18-year-old athletic self, but I know that I could make progress. And I love that about you, man. I think that's that speaks uh, volumes to your character. And I also think that speaks a lot to the way that you perceive your life. I mean, you, you run the, the upgraded life and you think, you know, where we are right now doesn't have to be the way everything is all the time. Like we can progressively improve. So Absolutely. I appreciated that about you. And when, when we first connected uh, in your jumpstart, I was like, this is where this guy's coming from it is I know I can be better. I'm willing to, to try your methods to get there. <laughs> And there, there was a couple other pieces there too, um, kind of more things that were front and center, 43 years old, my blood pressure, I was re-upping my life insurance. And so, you know, my, my 20 year term had run out, you know, policy that I had gotten in my twenties, obviously. Right. And so I was up for renewal and so, you know, they send the nurse out and they draw blood and make you pee in a cup and height and weight and measure you and all that kind of stuff and took my blood pressure. And again, I'm no dummy. And so I watched her, you know, write down the numbers and I looked at it. I was like, Oh, <laughs> you're like, Oh man. <laughs> you know, of course she's not allowed to interpret anything. She's just there to, you know, and out the door she goes. And then they sent me my, you know, the results of my blood panel. Again, no interpretation. It's just, it's your right for this information. So I went online and started looking it up. And, you know, as far as I could tell, and again, I, you know, I'm a doctor in my own respects and know how to read statistics and I can Google good enough and nothing in there really alarmed me in terms of things that were off in, in, in my blood serum and whatnot. But again, I'm not an expert and I haven't shown it to anybody at this point in time, but that blood pressure thing really got me and blood pressure runs uh, problems with that hypertension runs in, on my side of the family. Mm-hmm. So I know that that isn't a good thing. So that was another thing that kind of really was on my mind about health and what I need, needed to do something different. Mm-hmm. And then the last part was, you know, back then when I got this health screen for life insurance renewal, I was also really embracing the the identity of being a coach uh, versus being a a mental health counselor. Mm. And that's how I'm trained. I'm trained in the counseling world. I have a PhD in counseling. And I was in this phase where I was pivoting out of that. And I wanted to be, uh, you know, identifying as a coach from here on out, kind of line in the sand from here on out. I'm a coach. Yes. I know the other world and I can speak that language and I can operate in it um, at a high level, but this is what I'm choosing from here on out. And, you know, I also believe that as a coach, you need to be constantly in, embarking your own, you know, personal development. And I looked at physical fitness and health as something that's dogged me now for, for most of my life. And I just kind of said enough's enough. And if I'm going to be pushing the people that I'm coaching, then I also need to be pushed in an area of my life that I just haven't had a ton of success with. And I spent, like you said, I spent a lot of time just kind of saying, um, just acquiescing to this. Well, this is how I'm built. And this is kind of my lot in life. And, you know, this is, a, this is the stage where I just get to accept this part about myself and just decided that wasn't going to be it. And I was also you know, we're both connected to a a different mastermind where 
there was people far older than than me, you know, that were in way better shape. Oh man. <laughs> I was exposed to the counter examples, mm. right? And I'm naturally competitive. I'm naturally that person that doesn't want to be outdone. And so I'm seeing all these gents that are high caliber, but they're, you know, uh, 50 plus, 60 plus, some of them into their 70s. And I'm sure they could whoop my ass. And so I was like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> I got, oh, if they can do it, I can do it. I'm not too old, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the path. Right. Yeah. Right. But, and I, I appreciate that from you. What, if you don't mind us pausing on this, just because I'm very, very curious, given you were in that shifting mindset between counselor and coach, mm-hmm. what would you say is, is some of the primary differences between those two mindsets or mentalities? Because, you know, you've been in the seat of being coached and you've been in the seat of counselor. So like it's, yep. it's a little bit of a different experience for sure. Absolutely. And I've done a whole podcast episode on coaching versus counseling and, and done some guest blogs on it too. And because I'll make sure we drop the link in the show notes then. Yeah, absolutely. You don't really get a good perspective from people who know both worlds really well, meaning coaches think they know what counselors do and maybe they've had their own counseling perspective. And then counselors think they know what coaches do. And maybe very seldom do you run into a counselor that's been coached, uh, but you might, you may see the reverse. Um, you'll, you'll see counselors that have been counseled for sure. Cause sometimes that's part of the training process. Right. Um, so I, I'm kind of a rare rarity in that I know both worlds fairly well. I mean, obviously I'm regarded as a, an expert and an authority in the counseling world and I'm still working towards that in, in the coaching world. Mm-hmm. So the primary difference I would say is, you know, coaching is based on an outcome, right? Goals are created with your clients and there's accountability towards those goals because the two of you have agreed that here's the process, here's your goals. And if you're not reaching those goals, there's a layer and degree of accountability that just isn't present in the counseling world. And ethically, there can't be. Right. Counseling ethics say that you need to support client autonomy. So if a client comes back, from one session to the next and says, Alex, uh, screw your run and I'm not going to do that. And I don't want you to ever talk to me about that again. You know, as a counselor, you kind of have to accept that. You have to accept that that's client autonomy. Now you can kind of dance around that. Mm. Well, I'm sorry that um, that came across as offensive to you. You know, originally we talked about our goals and how you wanted to do this. And I thought that, you know, running might be there. Well, it's not. Okay. Well, maybe we can look at a different way to, of, of getting about that. And so, um, Counseling is more about um, helping a person sift through their own experience and through that process of having somebody really attend to their life experience, you know, uh, cognitively, emotionally, uh, they develop their own insights that allow them to do something different with their life. Mm -hmm. You know, and the relationship's a big part of that. Coaching is different, right? Coaching is about taking somebody where they're at and helping them um, raise up to upgrade or whatever you want to call it, level up, um, increase their capacity, where counseling is about bringing somebody back to their quote unquote normal capacity. Mm, Yeah, well said. I appreciate that because that's been my experience as a coach. You actually articulated that super well. And I find you know, sometimes on my side of the fence, being a coach and not having experience being a counselor, you could joke that sometimes I feel like a counselor, but very few and far between because the the outcomes are very, uh, what's the word? The outcomes are very robust, very specific. We, we know what it is that we're aiming for. And each of our sessions is geared toward making sure that we're, we're making progress in that direction. People fall off the wagon sometimes, but or, or ladders, as we'll talk about, but <laughs> but the overall goal of the session is to take where you have been and elevate that. Absolutely. 
So what ultimately made you pull the trigger? So we did a jumpstart week. As I remember it, I remember having a conversation with my wife at the table. I don't discuss names with my wife, but you know, I'm, she's my dietitian on staff, so to speak. So we, we run things by each other pretty regularly. And I remember saying to her, I'm not really sure this client's going to continue with me. <laughs> Because, yeah. because in, in some ways, there are some changes that, that I know from a program standpoint, he's got to fit into, like he's, he's got to pick up. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like he's quite ready to make those changes yet. Mm -hmm. And as a coach, you, can, you can't force somebody to do it. So right. why ultimately did you pull the trigger? Because I mean, we can get into some of those specifics in a second. But uh, I remember in the very beginning there, I, I was unsure. I usually have a pretty good sense of where people are at. And, and you were a coin toss for me at, the, at that moment. <laughs> um, you know, again, I was definitely at the realization that I wasn't going to be able to do this on my own, right? Again, I was, I was writing this year plus of losing 12 pounds. And at that point in time, it was all about, you know, losing pounds on the scale and being kind of driven, unfortunately, by the BMI around that. Even though I know I've known for years, decades of the BMI for most people, it doesn't really tell you a whole lot, but that's mm -hmm. a whole another episode. I'm sure you've already done the BMI episode. <laughs> that I have. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to meet my goals that I thought at the time were my goals on my own. And, you know, I liked the jump start that you did because it gives you a taste and a feel for it. And, you know, and, and I've talked to, I mean, I've talked to Larry about this too, you know, um, the mutual contact that we have. And, you know, what made me um, say yes is because the way that you go about the work that you do made me feel like that this wasn't just a program that you were trying to ram people through. Mm. It wasn't a, a money mill, so to speak, right? That you got to know me, you got to know what my barriers were. And, you know, it's the same thing in counseling. What, what makes it work? Well, it makes it work when you're connected to somebody that uh, you believe actually has your best interest in mind. And that's what made me say yes. Mm. Oh, thanks for that. Yeah. When I work with people that jumpstart week, it's, there are fitness programs in the world where it's like, here's the eight week program, you know, like, and, and you can do that through certain phases of training. Like most people grow muscle the same way if you have a barbell and a squat rack, but you have to be to the point where you care to put on five pounds right. <laughs> like in, in your fitness journey and not everybody's there. Right. But when it comes to, you know, having a history of elbow tendonitis, for instance, and having a background in athletics and, you know, not really wanting to go for a jog more often than you need to, that, that sort of thing. When it comes to that, creating a program is a very individualized process. Right. And so uh, I'm glad that that spoke to you because yeah. that's how that jumpstart thing kind of works. Now, what were some of the, the fears and obstacles that you had to overcome? Because in the beginning, I remember us having conversations about, well, should I be eating less calories? You know, like, I don't really understand why we're doing this. And so there were quite a few obstacles in those first couple of weeks that I'm sure that were, were difficult mentally. Yeah. And I think that um, w whenever somebody is contemplating and making a change in their life for positive reasons or making the decision to work with a coach, you know, you, Alex, or, or me, when I, when I'm doing mindset coaching, there's basically two questions that are always at play. And this is, you know, I, I've learned this and I, and I teach it. And this is also sales one-on-one, right? It's will making this change work and can I do it, mm. right? Those are always the two questions that are at play. It doesn't matter what uh, the scenario is. I'm going to buy a new minivan. Will this minivan work? Does it work? You know, does it get the gas mileage that it claims to? Is it as safe as it claims to? And, and will it work for me? It, I mean, it doesn't matter. New pair of shoes, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? You can just go through all the examples. Right. 
So it's the same thing when you're deciding to work, you know, with, with a coach. And so here's, here's Alex, here's the jump start. Here's the program. Here's 16 weeks. Does this work? And can I do it? Right. And so I think those are the things that I had to wrestle with. I really didn't know if it worked. I mean, other than looking at you, right. And seeing, <laughs> and seeing, you know, the way that you look physically. Right. So I know it works for you. And maybe you had testimonials in there somewhere, but I didn't, I didn't read them or whatnot. But that's, so that's still a question, you know, like, what does this work? I don't really know. But what I do know is what I'm doing isn't working, mm. right? So it, it was, it was worth the risk to say yes. Um, and also, I mean, you have high regard in the circle that we are connected to, right? So it's, it's not like there was people going, man, that Alex guy in his program is full of BS. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> You know, and so, um, so there's that, that says something too. Mm. And then, you know, the bigger part is, can I do it? Right. And that's, I think those were the things that represented some of the hurdles early on kind of this conversation that you were having with your wife is, you know, am I willing to do the program as you know it to work? And am I, am I willing to adjust my daily routine and my daily expectations um, for me in order to embrace the program. Mm. And so uh, some of that was I wanted a program exercise program that I could fit in in 20 minutes or less. And, and I, you know, and I would do it, you know, it doesn't matter five, six, seven days a week. And that's what I was doing up to this point. Right. And so um, I wanted that to work. I wanted intermittent fasting to work. Right. And so I was bought into some things that, again, probably helped me get to that 12 pound loss. Mm. Right. But they ran its course with me. And so those were some of the hurdles is how do I expand the amount of time that I'm able to carve out to invest in myself and my health? And am I willing to embrace other methods in terms of building the engine? That's, that's a metaphor that, that you uh, run with and that I really appreciate. So um, now, given that that was your experience, do you have any questions for me about the, the start of things that you'd like to hear from the perspective of a coach? Yeah, well, I mean, I know that, you know, what, one of the things that I let you know on the, on the front end, this is specific to me, not just coaching in general is, you know, I said, you know, Alex, excuse me if I sound like a, a whining little bitch. <laughs> so I know that there's probably a lot of aspects of Alex going, yep, you're saying, Nick, you're sounding like a whining little bitch right about now. So, uh, but you know, but there was definitely some, some push and pull, you know, at play, you know, early on in our process. Mm. Yeah. I don't tend to think of that way for my clients. I think, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm not quite as hardcore as your football coach used to be. <laughs> but one of, one of the things that I've learned in my journey, especially with Ehlers-Danlos, is that somebody's personal emotional response to something and or their desires for things, it really matters in whether or not they're going to be able to create change for the long haul. Because most of us can take whatever whiny part inside we're, we're dealing with, and we can whip that sucker into submission and do something for two or three weeks. Most of us right. can do that. As right. far as doing something that's going to progressively elevate you for the long term, that's a little harder. Because if you whip yourself into submission too long, then there's a snap back. It's like a, you can't, you can't be your own tyrant, you know? <laughs> so, um, so like one of the things was running. I remember you were very, very specific in our, our first conversations. Like I hate to run. I don't want to run. I would prefer to do anything but run. And I remember bringing to the table for you, because I hear this a lot as a coach, you know, these things that people are like, that's my health and fitness hell. I have a lady I'm working with right now that a year and a half ago on her health and fitness hell, she said, 
running every day or miles and miles a week. That's my health and fitness hell. I don't want to do that. And now she's run a half marathon and she's like, I love running. I'm so glad I have this. You know, when I have a really stressful day, I go for a run. Um, and don't worry, we're not trying to run a half marathon, Nick, um, <laughs> if that's, <laughs> unless that's on your bucket list. But that said, as a coach, helping somebody kind of understand what utility this might have for them to explore whether or not this is a discipline that they can work into their lives without feeling tyrannized by themselves or their coach. And then when it turns out that, you know, a few weeks of practice and it it really doesn't suck that bad, actually. Like I kind of look forward to it or enjoy it. I remember one of your messages recently said, hey, man, having a little less fat on my body makes running a lot more enjoyable because <laughs> you know, things aren't wiggling around, you know, like maybe I didn't hate running. I just hated running as I was. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a true thing. So anyway, I as a coach, I tend to try to I think the whining is important. I think you need somebody who's going to listen to you whine, if that's what you're going to do, and to say, all right, I hear you. I see you. We're going to see how this goes. And if you're still whining about it in a week, then we might need to change course. But here's the big picture and why I think this will work well for you. So that's, yeah. that's kind of the spirit that I bring to the table. Absolutely. One of the things that you, and again, I could have overlooked this and other things that I was going through and other programs that I had embraced, I totally could have overlooked it. But one of the things that you were able to shed some light on, and, and I don't know if this is the case across the board, but it's definitely my experience that whenever I had embraced a program, I was that guy, you know, I would be restricting my calories and working out like a fiend and I would step on the scale and actually weigh more than, than what I did a week ago. And that hurts. <laughs> And that would be the thing that would, you know, pretty much tank me, install me out, kind of force me into this start, stop, start, stop, and not really gaining, you know, much momentum or building the engine, you know, like your metaphor. Mm. And so that was when I was able to share that with you kind of in a, in a freak out moment, like, what the hell? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and, and you were able to say, oh yeah, that, that happens. Really? That happens? And then you, you explained it to me and I'm like, you know, where, how did I miss that? And I guess it's not sexy to say, Hey, start my program. And you can expect in the first 10 days to weigh five pounds more than when you started. And I get it. You know what I mean? That's not yes. <laughs> bad marketing. You can't do that. Right. <laughs> Yet it was my experience, you know, over and over and over again that, you know, just, and I would come away thinking, and this is where I talked myself. The story that I told myself was, I guess it's just my genes. I, I work out, I restrict my calories and I gain more weight. And, and they get huge, yeah. Right. And they've done the research on this in the starvation studies where they've actually starved people, you know, way like way down to like a thousand calories and they have actually gained weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and, and so it's it's hard for people to wrap their head around this. I, I remember saying to you, and I don't know how much of this you heard, but <laughs> I remember saying to you two things. I'm like, look, man, first, in the first phases of training, when we're growing the metabolic tissue required to burn the fat we want to burn, that requires water. And your, your fibers are going to fill with water and everything's going to get, you know, it's got to activate. You've got dormant muscle tissue from back in your athletic days and it's got to, it's got to wake up, right? You're going to gain some weight, period, unless you have offset that by, I don't know, clearing your digestive tract or losing a very large amount of fat really fast, which isn't sustainable, right? So, right. so I, I kind of talked to you about that as an investment. The other thing people don't realize though, and this, this is really hard. This is hard to wrap your mind around um, because it varies from person to person, but we are about 70% water. Like our entire body 
is 70% water. And that can fluctuate from 68 to 75% water. If you had a really salty dinner, you had a couple drinks, maybe you're just retaining water because your workout made you swell up and, and your butt hurts and you're inflamed, you know? The average person can gain somewhere between three and eight pounds of water weight in a night. Mm -hmm. And that just blows people's minds. They're like, wait, what? And then <laughs> that, like for, for somebody who's worked out really well this week, who's eaten really well this week, trying to get some more veggies and stuff, having a five pound weight gain overnight when you step on your scale is like, what the hell? What just happened to me? What's going on? Right. And right. that is hugely discouraging. If you're in your mind, I've worked really hard this week. I've done a good job. I'd like to see the numbers move and they don't. Um, right. that, that was, that was a very important conversation we had about, Hey man, you're doing great. I know you're doing the work. I'm looking at your food journal. You're doing a great job. Keep running the play. All this will shed and the fat with it. So hang with me. Absolutely. And it did. Yeah. Yeah. It did. It did. Yeah. It did. <laughs> I wasn't just blowing smoke, No. but yeah, yeah. It's, I, I did do an episode on, you know, the initial stages of weight loss to help people, but it's funny because that can tend to get buried. It's hard sometimes mm -hmm. to catch those 35 minutes and yeah, make yeah. sense of them. Um, Absolutely. So where are you now? Like, what have your results look like? All right, it sounds like you're happy with where we're at and, mm -hmm. and what progress you've made over the last 16 weeks. How has this turned out for you so far? And that's kind of where I started off, you know, at the beginning saying that, you know, the problem usually isn't the problem and the reason generally isn't the reason. And, you know, I was so fixated on just dropping uh, pounds on the scale, right? And you kept coaching and preaching body composition, right? That as you're swapping, you know, muscle for fat, you know, that that needle may not move like you think it's going to. And it depends on, you know, your starting point anyway. And so I kind of had to embrace that. And so, you know, in my closet, there were, you know, there was at least one pair of jeans that were, you know, a nicer pair of jeans. They cost a little bit more money than I normally spend. And I haven't been able to wear them for like, I don't know, they're probably out of style now, right? <laughs> yeah, I haven't been able to wear them so long that they're now out of style, right? But uh, uh, I was able to wear those fairly soon, you know, probably you know, week, I can't remember, you know, week five or six or something like that. Maybe, maybe 10, I don't know. But I remember looking at those jeans, I'm, I'm going to try them on. And, and I was able to get them on and not just like, get them on. And I was able to, you know, like, slip in. Uh, right. And uh, blew through some of my belts, my old belts that I had, you know, were, were no longer, um, they don't work because they're, they're too big. Boom. <laughs> you know, I, I had a whole slew of, of dress shirts that, you know, when you put them on and button them up, they scream, you know, get me out of here. <laughs> and they're, and they're stretched. And I don't, I don't have, you know, that issue anymore. So just body composition wise, my face, you know, is much slimmer mm. and uh, people that hadn't seen me for, you know, weeks or months or even years, you know, will will make the comments like, you know, uh, whatever you're doing, keep it up. You're looking great. And so, I mean, those are things, but then, you know, you, you alluded to it as well as, you know, the reasons why maybe I didn't like to run or why maybe somebody doesn't run is I remember, you know, kind of those first couple jogs that you had me do and just feeling the, you know, the bounce <laughs> from the dad bod on the front of me and just not liking that. Mm. Um, and then kind of, you know, I, uh, I don't have that experience anymore. No, I, I've still got uh, a ways to go in, in, in terms of what I'm capable of, right? Kind of leveling up, you know, what, what I thought I was capable of. I'm capable of a lot more, mm -hmm. you know, based on going through your process and whatnot. So 
this concept of being skinny fat, right? And I think I reached out to you and I said, you know, thank you for not letting me settle uh, for being skinny fat, mm -hmm. right? And because I remember there was a phase like, I don't want to be stronger. I could, I could care less about, you know, growing more muscle. I just want to move the needle, right? That's what I thought. But you knew better, right? You're like, this program, you know, if I just left you as a coach being skinny fat, then, you know, what have I done? I wouldn't so, feel very good uh, about it. <laughs> right. Well, well, like you, know. you said, they have done the studies and you can, let's say all you want to do is drop 10 pounds and it doesn't matter to you whether or not it's healthy for you. It doesn't matter to you whether or not you, you've got any good muscle tone, whether or not you have the energy to keep up with your boys, whatever those things look like. You don't care. I just need to drop 10 pounds. Look, if you're listening to the sound of my voice and that's where you are right now, stop eating for about three days. You'll drop 10 pounds and then you're good. <laughs> like done. <laughs> but that's not what people want. Right. Because first of all, that sucks, by the way, but it's also not going to stay off. And when you starve your body of the nutrients required, unless you're, you know, doing an intelligent fasting practice, then your body is going to fight that by turning on genes you don't want on and turning off genes that you kind of want to stay on and, and adjusting to that. And, you know, it's, I hate it from a, a coaching perspective. I hear this all the time. People have done that. They've dropped the 10 pounds or they've dropped the 20 pounds. And then, you know, a year later, they're wrestling with the same dang 10 pounds because the process is, look, you're an athletic beast. That's what you are. We're right. going to, you know, yeah. grow that athleticism in you and your body's going to say, dude, we don't need this fat. <laughs> like yeah. we just don't yeah. like we don't need this because you know my man's feeding me all the the protein carbs and fats i need our body's adjusting really well we're getting rest from the stress you know we're growing muscle tissue and so so that that body composition focus is huge and i'm glad that's shifted for you that one of my mm -hmm. questions was going to be like what's one of the things that has shifted for you and mm -hmm. hope that sticks with you for a long time in that sense is you know hey man 50s 60s 70s the best thing you can do is tell your body that you need the muscle that you have mm -hmm. And, you know, your body will adjust your, your fat composition based on that, as long as we're not doing anything crazy in the nutrition department. So um, yeah. what, what would you say then is the best parts of this program for you? That was one, one shift. Uh, what, what would you say are the best? We'll get to the worst too. Don't worry. <laughs> um, the best part of, of the program was just helping me, you know, overcome something that has, you know, dogged me for way too much of my life, you know, so it was more kind of a uh, emotional, psychological uh, piece of it, you know, mm. um, just conquering a, an area of my life that, you know, I had all, all but given up on, you know, for the most part, just kind of, like I said, just settled for, um, you know, I don't, even, I don't know what the stage beyond dad bod is, but I, I, that was definitely there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <And> so, um, <laughs> I don't have a word for that. I don't, <laughs> I, it might be boss bod. Right? Boss I mean, bod. Like, is that it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, in, in my, and there's people that might listen to this and they're going to get mad at me, but in my world, you know, I work for state government and most of the time your boss is not the example of, of, of physical fitness. Right. That's so, true. <laughs> so maybe it's boss bot. I don't know, but I was definitely there. Right. Um, so just that sense of overcoming and conquering uh, an aspect of my life that I really felt like I was uh, going to be a victim uh, to for the rest of my life. That, and that was definitely huge. Again, those are beyond, you know, the strength gains. I mean, those are important too. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. And you made a, a reference to it. You know, people fall off the wagon. <clears throat> I fell off a ladder. <laughs> You did. Um, you know, yeah, I fell off a ladder about 
10 weeks into our program. I was get, just getting ready to shift into a more intense phase. Maybe I was a couple days into that phase. Yeah, I think you had gotten about three or four days into hypertrophy. Yeah, and I fell off a ladder and I fell off. It was at least 15 feet up in the in the air and I landed on my side and you know I didn't break anything uh, I wasn't admitted I went and got checked out the next day in, in urgent care which means I was able to get up and walk away from it mm. and I know in my heart of hearts that had I not been engaging in my health and fitness journey uh, however long it was 10 12 weeks uh, I probably could have died in that. I definitely mm. wouldn't have been able to to walk away from it like, like I did. And so mm. um, there's things that you discover along the journey that I don't think you could possibly know on the front end of it. And I definitely have a lot of those yeah. experiences as well. Mm. Thanks for that. Yeah, and I'm so glad that you walked away from that. And also like a lot of people, this is one of the things about coaching, like I've joked that I would do what I do for free if I didn't have to put food on the table. But at the same time, the level of commitment that somebody has to put into themselves before they'll take themselves seriously. There are a lot of people who would have fallen off a ladder. And if they walked away from it like that, you were in a lot of pain, man. You, this took like, what, three and a half, maybe four weeks to completely recover from somewhere in there. I mean, you were injured. In order to resume the program with the same intensity, yes. I mean, but I'm still recovering to a certain mm. degree. You know, I'm, I'm about 93, 95% recovered. There's still a spot in my upper back Ugh. right here that I, even right now I can feel Dang. it. But, uh, but yeah, it took me, it took, you know, I definitely, there was a, a solid week where, you know, I wasn't uh, doing much to get out of bed other than to go to the bathroom. Right, right. So a, a lot of people like that for many, and I found this in my journey because uh, I'll talk to people about their health histories and stuff and, and we get into the, the nitty gritty and it's like, I get injured. And then that's a, like a year and a half of inactivity, you know, <laughs> like uh, maybe right. some pain pills in there, maybe some, uh, maybe some bad habits, you know, maybe even a few limiting beliefs that develop at the time. But for you, that was, that was huge. Like in my mind, you overcame a lot to get started. You got started and you were in the groove and then that happened and that could have been it. Yep. Could have been like, look, Alex, I love working with you. This is awesome. Maybe I need to heal up and I'll get reconnected with you at the first of the year. That could have been it. But, you know, you let me talk through that with you and you let me Mm -hmm. uh, modify the program a bit to work with, you know, when you could move. Because it was like, hey, man, (laughs) when when you can get out of bed and walking is not too big of a deal, then we've then right. we, you know, can work on that. But you stayed true to the nutrition aspect of things. You stayed mm-hmm. true to the rest. You, you, you were very cognizant and purposeful about the fact that you were still on this journey. Yeah, that's a big thing. You know, people get hurt and things happen, and they think of exercise as like this thing that they do when they feel good. And it's like, no, like until you die, right. <laughs> like this is something that this is a discipline practice that you can still continue. Um, if I gave up every time I got injured with this joint issue I've got, I wouldn't work out, period. Sure. But anyway, that, that being said, I, I thought you handled that beautifully. So hats off to you. <laughs> right. I, yeah. I, I was impressed. And I remember, I remember that exchange. I remember you saying something like, you know, so do you want to take a break or, you know, kind of what's your thoughts on this? And I think my response at that point in time was goals are goals. This is something that happened. And um, I'm still committed. It's going to be taken out for, you know, a handful of days before I, because again, at that point in time, I uh, thank my, my wife a few months or maybe even a month before this, um, you know, we made the decision to invest in a new bed, right? We're old people, right? We're in our forties. And so <laughs> we bought a ghost bed from Costco and it, you know, it, it elevates your feet. And, and so that was a godsend. No I could just push the button. It would, 
it would help me get up and I could actually roll roll my body out of bed. Oh, yeah, so. if you hurt your back, man, and, and you're like laying there after all night, all the inflammation's pulled back there. It's trying to help the healing process. Trying to sit up from that first thing in the morning is literally the worst. <laughs> it was a, a, a lot of pain for sure. But like I said, I remember saying goals are goals. I'll be back, you know. And, and that was in a large part based on the traction that I had gotten to that point too, right? If this was early on in the program, who knows, you know, where that had been. But I had come far enough that something like that wasn't, you know, again, I wasn't in the ER. I didn't have anything broken. Um, you know, lost one of my nine lives for sure that day. <laughs> right. you know, I, think, I think I got three or four left or something like that by now. And, uh, uh, and then, the, you know, the connection and the relationship that we had, had I just been following, you know, my body for life book that I'm looking at over on the, on the, the shelf, I probably would have mm, quit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> body for life. What about ladder falls? Is there a chapter on that right. one? No joke. Right. Uh, what was the worst part of this whole thing for you? What was like maybe top one or two things that were just so hard to wrap your head around or get over or still suck? I would say that the worst parts are going to come through the nature of virtual coaching, right? I mean, nothing's perfect, mm-hmm. right? No, no program is perfect. No coach is perfect. Nothing is perfect. And so I think for me, if I were to say the worst parts was um, trying to interpret some of the things that were being put out for me in terms of, hey, do this exercise, these reps, and I, and I know I'm, I, I can make things overcomplicated and whatnot, but there was some frustration points, you know, through, for me in there. Mm. Um, I, again, the things that I thought were going to be the worst points, as, as you talked about, um, as you kind of get in the habit and realize it's not as bad as it is. And one of those was, um, you know, being dead set that I wasn't going to dedicate you know, 40 minutes to an hour to working out. That was just ridiculous. I got way too much going on. There's no way that I'm going to be able to do that. And so again, once I did it and got past that, you know, um, that wasn't the issue anymore. Right. Mm. And so, you know, I would say the worst parts of the program just come with the downside, so to speak, of having a virtual coach versus somebody, yeah. you know, that's there and, and is able to kind of, you know, adjust your motion in real time physically or whatever those things might be. Mm. Uh, but again, th- those are all things that could have been excuses that I could have, you know, used to pull the ripcord and, and bail out yeah. of this. Right. And so, but in terms of, um, the worst part, you know, again, running, like, like you said, definitely don't, and, and I was a baseball player too, right? So when, when we're playing baseball and watching the people, you know, we call them donut circlers, right? And so I was embracing the, the, all of these years of me making fun of donut circlers, right? And so, <laughs> the track people. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. That's great. Um, so that was definitely deep seated in, in who I was in my identity and having to kind of, you know, accept that. And again, your research base to it. It's like, I, I hear that, Nick. And let, let me, you're a PhD. Let me throw some research in front of your face. Here's right? an 18,000 participant study about the effects of running and jogging on your genome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's like, okay. Crap, he's got me know. on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, I can't imagine you know, honestly getting better results. But I imagine that if I was, you know, in your town, in your city, um, that, you know, probably could have been a little different experience. But for a virtual experience, um, I'm, I'm very happy, super pleased beyond, you know, what I thought I would be. And, you know, so the worst part, you know, you know this is also COVID too, right? I mean, I started this right on the front end Boom, of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> And I, in my area also experienced significant wildfires too. And so there was a, about 10 days where going outside, you know, was, was not an option because of the, the amount of air pollution and right. smoke, right? Those are all excuses that could have cropped up that I could have pulled the ripcord on. 
So yeah, I think the worst part was uh, me having to, you know, get real with myself, right? I think it's, it's David Goggins that says the most important conversation you'll ever have is the one that you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. And that, that was definitely yeah. active, you know, <laughs> for me, you know, throughout these weeks. So. I, I love that. And I remember one of your requests was to use your kettlebell. Right. Yeah. Like you, like you really love your kettlebell training and, and I love kettlebell training too. Don't get me wrong. What's really funny though, is in my trainer brain. Okay. Kettlebells are like super advanced. Usually you don't start a program with any kettlebell exercises because they're just, and I'm not saying you were wrong for liking kettlebells, but it's for most people, the biomechanics behind moving a kettlebell well without injury is very advanced. It's really hard to do that. So I remember, you know, at, at the beginning, trying to help you walk through the dumbbell exercises that I wanted you to do or the calisthenics based stuff. And you were like, you know, I really don't like these. I want to use my kettlebell. I'm like, Right. All right. So, <laughs> so, so my challenge as a coach was how do we use the kettlebell without creating the elbow tendonitis that you've wrestled with or without pissing off a shoulder or, or whatever. So it was kind of a fun interchange between the two of us because it challenged me to expand my understanding of an exercise modality that for me is, is really an advanced modality. It's like, hey man, week 16, week 20, week 40, you crank out some kettlebell stuff <laughs> and, and it won't hurt you and it will be great. But for Nick, it was like, hey man, week five, we're gonna use the hell out of some kettlebells, but we're gonna use it in a way that's not gonna, <laughs> that's not gonna injure my client's body on the, in, on the journey to making a better version of him. So I appreciate that. You expanded my mind in that, that respect because you were just yeah, like, I can't, I, I can't wrap my head around these. I, I want to use my kettlebell. <laughs> right. And, and, and I'm that guy that I think I'm on my fourth set of uh, Olympic barbells of owning them. <laughs> right. So, so literally, I mean, I've had, I've had four different sets of, you know, full, you know, 300 pounds plus Olympic barbells bench, uh, I never had a squat rack until now. Um, and through my life, I just kind of, you know, either sold them or gave them away a couple of times. And so again, so in the midst of COVID, I'm trying to assemble uh, an Olympic barbell set and it was, it was mm. not easy, you know, but I was able to cobble together enough to be able to, you know, do, you know, the, the, the workouts as you put them out for me. That was also a challenge too. Cause I'm, I'm not a go to the gym guy, mm. uh, not yet. And I don't know if that's uh, necessary, but I just, you know, uh, I'm still not there if that's ever part of the, the program, Alex. I'm not, I, I, go, I go to the gym guy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but my secret mission is not to make everybody the go to the gym guy. In fact, it, you know, I have in the course of COVID become a, I don't want to go to the gym. My garage gym's just fine. Thank yeah. you, guy. So <laughs> so I don't worry, I won't be nudging you in that direction yeah. anytime soon. <laughs> but I remember, you know, kind of taking a picture of my setup and like, look, this is what I have to work with. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, okay, perfect. Uh, I see it. All right. So yeah, 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 exactly. No, it was, it was good. Now, uh, did you have any surprises along the way? Anything that really like, well, didn't expect that one. You know, I, surprises were that, and we talked about them already, but you know, big surprises is um, the results weren't necessarily what I intended them to be, but that doesn't mean that that was a bad thing, right? And so again, uh, improving my body composition, but not necessarily having the scale reflect that I'm any lighter was definitely a surprise. Um, I'm way okay with it now, but in, on the front end of this, like I said, I was so focused on you know dropping pounds, and that's the only thing I, I care about is dropping those pounds. Mm. Um, and so that was a switch because again, I, I didn't have a vision for it. I've never had. Um, you know, uh, and I'm not saying that I'm there now, but I've never had, you know, an enviable 
physique, right? And and again, that's not necessarily the goal, but um, the fact that my clothes fit better, the fact that um, I'm, I'm doing things with my body that I never thought possible, mm. that was a, a benefit that wasn't expected or wasn't necessarily what I was after from the front part of it. I do enjoy running, uh, especially I, I don't like my... Uh, my hard tempo runs uh, <laughs> still, uh, but I do enjoy the, the longer runs and I enjoy that time, you know, out there doing it, you know, mm. and the rains haven't set in yet, uh, Alex. And so that'll be my next challenge. The cold has. And so I've learned, you know, that, oh, I probably need to put on some layers. Some layers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And a little ear cover, by the way, don't negate yeah. that. Like the sweatband over the yeah. ears, it, it really helps. It, it does a number for great, you. Great tip there. So, um, and the fact that uh, I can incorporate the time that it takes, and it's just a matter of choices, right? So if you're going to spend this time, uh, amount of time in, in your health, um, yeah, it comes out of sacrifice, but then you learn how to cut other things out that maybe aren't important. So that way you don't have to sacrifice for the things that are important, which is time with family uh, mm. and, and those aspects. You hear a lot of people, I don't, I don't, I cannot have time to go to the gym or work out because it's going to cut into my time with family. Well, I think you can do both. I, I know that you can do both. Mm, well said. Well said. And my, I had a question about sacrifices that I wanted to ask yeah. you. You've, you've made a lot of yeah. them. You know, you've, shifted some things in the morning you've eaten certain things instead of other things you know you've you've sacrificed time there were a couple times in our program where i, I look back and i'm like how, how you you worked out at 11 p.m like dear god like, yep. i'm good for nothing after yep. nine i'm just saying yep. but so like you've made some significant sacrifices through this would you say that they've been worth it for you are you happy with the sacrifices that you've made oh, yeah absolutely yeah and um you know, I, I live a busy life. I have a lot of things going on. And, you know, sometimes I have to adjust the workout schedule when life happens, you know, and so mm. um, there were there were more than once where it was like, well, it's, you know, nine o'clock or it's 10 o'clock. And I know that if I don't do this now, I'm not going to do it tomorrow. And I'm probably not going to be able to do it the day after. Right. And so, you know, my wife or my kids are like, you're going outside to run? Are you going like, yep. <laughs> do you have a flashlight yeah, yeah. <laughs> i would have my little my headlamp and there was a couple times where they locked me out of the house because they didn't believe that i was you know out there out there running still out there <laughs> <laughs> so, guys seriously let me, let me in right yeah seriously that's what it was Sweaty guy needs to go to bed yeah, so um and, and that's not the norm right i have to learn how to how to be better and be more planful. So that isn't the go-to strategy, but you know, in order to stick with the program, because I also know as a coach too, right. And you and I, I think probably talked about this on our first interview is the average person when they engage in a program, doesn't matter what the program is only execute it to about 60%. And so I know that as mm -hmm. a coach, right. And so I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to be one of those 60% people for Alex. I got you know to I mean? beat 60. I got to beat 60. <laughs> right? and, uh, and, and, and that's important because otherwise you come away from it and say, well, Alex's program didn't work. Well, is it that mm -hmm. Alex's program didn't work or was I only 60% committed to it? Right. And so I was very cognizant of that. And I'm, and I'm telling you, that's what made 945 workouts kind of, you know, be, be the choice versus skipping it. So <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. So what, what questions do you have? Cause my, my thoughts next is, is kind of to transition in your head. What, what's your way forward compared to where we started, but do you have questions from the coach being coached perspective yeah. about the program itself or, or how things went? Yeah. I mean, I, I know that there was, you know, 
just out of my curiosity, I know that there was push pull and, you know, we're both coaches. We're both established in, in the work that we do. You know, obviously mine's more about mindset and being able to shift your perspective about what you're actually capable of doing versus what your inner story has been telling you up to this point. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, it, it wasn't like we were jousting, but I just wondered from your perspective, you know what I mean? Like uh, yeah. uh, when there was push pull, you know, what was going through your, your mind or, or was this typical, you know, everyday client, you know, fitness client, you know, how much did I fit that mold or how much was I a little bit different animal as far as that goes? That, that's such a good question, dude. You, you crack me up because there are a couple of times, cause I, I know like, PhD in psychology has been working with people for a very long time, has a really good head on your shoulders. I've listened to your podcast. I know you're super thoughtful. And you would ask me some things sometimes or interject some things sometimes that I'm like, is this a test? Is he trying to figure out how I'm going to respond to this? Like, I, yeah. you know, because I, I work with people regularly who have no experience in coaching, mm -hmm. no experience right. in counseling. And so it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, you, you played baseball. It's kind of like there's, there's the, uh, there's the curveball which is like, oh, you didn't see this coming. And then there's the meaty pitch right over the plate, you know, like, so you threw me a few meaty pitches and the, I was like, is he just seeing if I can hit a homer with yeah. this? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what one of those instances was when um, kind of that situation where you're like, dude, what the hell? I have gained seven pounds in the last week. <laughs> like, I, I think I remember the exact verbiage was, uh, your program probably works for other people, but it's not working for me. That's what you said. Yeah. And, and it was really funny because it not funny, haha, just ironic. Cause we're about two weeks in, you had made some changes. You were actually pretty happy with some of the progress and stuff on, on your end. And then all of a sudden it was like, Whoa, what the heck, yeah. you know? And so I don't like to that early on in a coaching relationship. I don't like to, itemize and rapid fire somebody's nutrition journal mm -hmm. and say, look, these are all of the reasons why you're not where you want to right. be. Because, you know, you can't change everything all at once. It, that's, that's not good for you. It's not good for the process. But it seemed to me that where you were at, you needed to understand exactly why mm -hmm. you were seven pounds heavier. <laughs> than, so it was itemizing like, look, man, this has a lot of salt in it. Here's a bunch of alcohol. Here's the deal. If you don't want to be seven pounds heavier than you'd like to be right now, then you need to do this for the next two days. You need to drink nothing but water. You definitely need to make sure that we get our cardiovascular exercise in. You need to not eat. I don't know. I can't remember what it was. I'm, it was I'm not going to throw you under the Spunk bus. Spunkmeyer cookies. Remember I had like <laughs> three, three packs of them, you know, the, something like that. <laughs> water, just, just blow up. Yeah. Right. So, uh, that uh, that was an instance where it was like, I didn't know whether or not you were testing me and not that you're that kind of sure. guy, but I remember thinking that like, you're a coach enough to say, hmm, the last 48 hours probably weren't the best right. and now I'm seven pounds heavier than I would right. like to be. Like, what, what was that about? Um, so anyway, that was one of those, those instances. But then uh, as we were working together, there was a, a point in time where you were doing really well and I hadn't heard from you in like two weeks outside of you completing your mm -hmm. workouts and sending your food journals and stuff. And in that sense, in that case, I try not to interrupt the process. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're cruising, you're doing a great job. I don't want to give you too much to work with because these, these changes are working well for you. And I remember thinking like, what is a coach being coached want when everything's going well. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm like, hey man, you're doing a great job. Keep up the good work. 
how are things? How is your body? And you know, that, that was, that was my check in there. Uh, is there anything else I should have done? Cause I remember thinking that like, what does a coach being coach want when everything's going smoothly? <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, um, I think it's a, for me specifically, I think it's a balance, right? Again, I tell myself, I don't, I don't need the rah, rah, you're awesome. You know what I mean? Type aspect. But then at the same time, there is this piece of me that looks for or wants, you know, recognition. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I think by this point in time, we had a, I mean, because we kind of had a, a heart to heart come to Jesus at some point too, early on, you know, in the program, like, look, if you want this to work, this is what I need from you. Right. And if you're not willing to do this, then I don't know, you know, if this is going to work out. I remember having that with you too. So I, I appreciate. Mm. So by this point in time, like I knew that if I needed something or if you, if you were looking at what I was submitting to you and something was really off or, you know, off enough that you, you would let me know around that. So um, I think I was bought into, to it uh, enough by that point to where I was kind of cruising right along and whatnot. So mm. um, I think that we had enough of a established relationship there that I probably didn't even realize two weeks had gone by. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, that's just kind of how I, in the modes that I get in at some point in time. But uh because I think that we were further enough along in our relationship that um, if I needed something, I knew that you'd get back to me. And if you, if you're like, Whoa, dude, what are you doing? You know, that you would send that message and, and, and figure that out. And, you know, I think that there were some things where, again, you knew that I had an athletic background, but even in high school, I rode my athleticism, like my sheer um, athleticism and strength that I, I wasn't putting time in the weight room. I, I just wasn't. Right. And so when you're like, Oh, do this. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Like when you say that, I have no idea what, what that is. Right. And it wasn't me being obstinate. It was like, literally, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, right. I would, I would look at the guys that were in the weight room in high school and I could, you know, mow them over on the football field. And so, most of what I got was just came out of coming to practice and being there. I wasn't the guy that had to put uh, extra work in, in the weight room. It's just kind of where I was. That's not a good thing, right? I'm not, you know, uh, but I'm definitely a lot, not letting my kids get away with that. <laughs> right. But some of these things were, you know, where you it probably seemed like basic knowledge, especially for an athlete. And again, this is mid nineties. And again, so I don't, I went to a small school and it's not anything compared to what they're doing now with kids in high school and, you know, the, the workout room that my son has available at high school rivals any uh, fitness club that you're going to find. You know what I mean? Right. And that wasn't the case yeah. when I was coming up. You know what I mean? So I remember it took me some time to get my head wrapped around that working right. with you because it was like you had a very athletic yeah. background. So, you know, things like proper form and a bench press without hurting your shoulder that, you know, it took a little time to get back into that. And then, you know, it's not just you though, brother. There's, there's a lot of guys I've worked with who haven't done a serious training program since they were in their twenties. Right, right. So, so like, you know, forties, fifties, whatever you did or whatever you <laughs> thought you did right. during that time was doing just fine for you. Yeah. And you know, forties and fifties, your joints are like, Hey, stupid, we don't move like that. Like, don't do that. And you're like, Hey man, this exercise isn't working for me. And those few different, you know, cues, I think you said this really well, and, and I'd, I'd love to speak to it. I wish that I could be in every one of my clients garage, helping them work out. That's the ideal, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that's not the world we live right. in, but that's the ideal, you know? Uh, and, and so that process or, or that uh, journey yeah. of moving like an athlete in your forties yeah. is, is a different it's a different kind of journey. It's a process for sure. Yeah. And just to, just to one little more illustration about what I had access to in high school, you know what a football sled is, right? I, I was on the line. Yes. Uh, our football sled did not have pads on it. It's <laughs> just a big metal. 
the big metal piece in the in the spring you know that was there um and that was that was our sled didn't have it didn't have pads on it you Whoa. know <laughs> so, <laughs> so they you got some grit out of that but as far yeah, as absolutely workout yeah. form and technique not not so much in the <laughs> yeah my mantra you know that i heard from my coach was reasons or results <laughs> That still goes through my head. Reasons or results. I love it. <laughs> Man, those those high school coaches really have that like staying power, don't they? I can still Absolutely. hear my track coach yelling at me. Yep. Like I can yeah. I can hear it. Um, <laughs> so I, I would love to know how has your understanding of your health and fitness changed mm -hmm. since we've started? We spoke about body composition. That's that's yep. been a, a really big part for you. But uh, has anything else changed since working with me? Yeah, I think it's you know again things, and I talk a lot about this in the way that I coach people. Right? I mean, there's things that you can know in your head, but then there's things that you believe in your heart and in your soul. And when you're not getting the results that you want in your life, even based on the best knowledge that you have, then there's something going on, you know, down here. And so, um, again, your metaphor, oftentimes that you at least use with me was we've got to build your engine. That's about that sustainable change, right? Anybody can lose 10 pounds, mm -hmm. you know. Tony Robbins talks about how anybody can lose 50 pounds if they want overnight. It's pretty easy. Just cut off your leg, right? <laughs> right. So, uh, that's not going to sustain you over time. You know, your metaphor of building your engine, you got to build your engine you know, so that way you're, you're going to create sustainable change. And, you know, the front end of building that engine isn't sexy, right? It's no, not, it just isn't. <laughs> um, but it's necessary. And I've heard that in the past. I've heard, you know, you've got to, that was a hard thing. You've got to eat to fuel your body it's kind of the metaphor that your your body is a furnace and you got to put big heavy logs in it in order to to burn more and i was like well whatever you know like, again that might work for other people that doesn't work for me right right and i think uh, i would have never gotten to this place with the build your engine uh, had I not been, you know, working with a coach, like it didn't come out of a book that, you know, again, body for life preaches that's right there has been around for at least 30 years, I think, right. Mm. And, and several, you know, renditions. And so for me, it just reinforced the power of being connected to a coach mm. um, and, and holding me through the ups and downs and the woes of, of me personally building my engine. And so that that was something that I didn't, again, I knew it was possible, but I didn't believe it for me. And it without actually being having skin in the game working with a coach I wouldn't have gotten there at all mm. and did some of the fitness industry stuff that you've you've read or heard or that other people are doing did some of that play into the disconnect between heart and mind because I, I it's been my experience that the sexy fitness programs that are easily marketable will convince you that in 12 minutes a day for six days a week, you can have my six pack too, as right. long as you're doing the intermittent fasting and taking these magic pills. Right. So, right. so did part of that play into it? Because absolutely. Like you yep. said, the front end's not sexy. Like it's yeah. like these, this is how we do it. This is how we yeah. increase mitochondrial density. This is how we burn fat as a fuel source. None of it's sexy, but this is how we get there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, it definitely plays because you're, you're bombarded by those messages, right? I mean, Social Dilemma just came out a month or so ago on Netflix. And I'm not totally bought into that in terms of, oh my gosh, we need to be scared of social media. But nonetheless, <laughs> as soon as you type in fitness in a Google search, well, then you're bombarded by all those programs, you know, Facebook and Instagram and whatnot, you know, um, take my, like, I think you posted it up. Somebody did, did the, uh, if you have this type of belly, then you need to do this type of workout yes. or this type of intermittent <laughs> fasting, you know, <laughs> and your, your question is, do people actually believe this? Right. <laughs> 
because I, I know I'm knee deep in the research all the time. That's my job. But then I look at that and I'm like, in my world, a business exists because people buy it. So I see this ad and I'm like, really? Like, right. <laughs> like that picture is getting people to buy? I don't understand. And I think for men, it's the, it's the same corollary as what women go through in terms of, you know, what they get bombarded with in terms of, you know, what they should look like and how they should feel and how they should dress and whatnot, you know, seeing, seeing, you know, the, you know, the dude, and that's why I told you to keep your shirt on, you know, seeing the dude, with, um, you know, the six pack abs, you know, and the perfect pecs, you know, coming through your, your feed, you know, you could look just like me, you know, and I'll teach you how to, you know, do intermittent fasting according to your body type, you know, that type of thing. And again, there might be some truth to it, but that's not the sexy part of it, right? It's hard to market a program that says something like this, Alex. Um, hey, you need to build your engine and you're going to have to work for, you know, three to six weeks. And in that three to six weeks, it's going to hurt. It's going to suck. And you're not going to look much different than what you started. And you're probably going to be heavier than, than day one. But buy my program, right? <laughs> right <And> yeah, then- <laughs> it's not very marketable. <laughs> And, and people know that. And then that's why so much, so many of those things fail, right? Cause they get sold on a, on an end result that isn't true to the process, mm-hmm. but yet we're so fixated on the end result that we're willing to pay for that out of desperation. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and if it's quick and easy, that's, you know, I was just talking on a call this morning on a mastermind call that, you know, John Maxwell calls our society right now, the, the microwave society, meaning um, if you can't put it in the microwave and set it for three minutes and have a ready product, then most people just aren't about it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, well said. And that's something that hurts as a, as a coach in this space sometimes is by the time people get to me, they can list off five to 10 things that they've done that doesn't work for them for whatever reason, yeah. you know, and I hate that there's no shortcut there. I wish that there was a, sure. there was a place where you're like, hey, you know, I would like to make some changes to myself. I know it's going to be long-term. There's no quick fixes. How do we get there? Mm-hmm. But, you know, unfortunately, you have to feel some pain sometimes on the journey before you're ready for the, the right self. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so how have your goals changed? I mean, like looking into the future, you said yourself that you see that there's a lot more that you're capable of that you didn't know you yep. were. Um, so how have your goals changed in this process looking into, I know it's really hard to look past anything in the next like three months, but (laughs) when we finally get to put 2020 behind us, what's new for you? You know, I'm definitely more vested in the body composition Mm -hmm. than I, than I ever was. So I think, uh, continuing to swap, uh, muscle for fat is definitely way more of a goal. Cause again, remember on the front end, it was about just losing pounds and I don't want muscle because right. muscle actually weighs more than fat. So I, it seems kind of counterintuitive. Right. And so, um, so that's definitely, uh, and again, that for me, it's not, a, it's not vanity. It's again, it's me being able to do something that I've never done before. Right. And so it's, it's not, um, so I can, you know, go to Cabo with Alex and his wife next do time it. and you know, join him <laughs> on the beach, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, but it's also, you know, I've been, just finished Jason Redmond's book, uh, Overcome. And it's a great book. Uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe one of my favorites now amongst all the, the SEAL writers, but he talks about how uh, you've got to lead yourself in order to be able to lead anybody else. And this is, again, an, an area where I can continue to reach new levels uh, in leading myself so that I can inspire others, inspire my, my again, my own family, my own kids as, as number one, right? And and so that's definitely there. Again, dropping, you know, body fat, sw- swapping fat for um, for muscle. Uh, I still don't know how many pull-ups I can do right now because I haven't been able to, to do a whole lot of those. And those inverted rows kick my ass. They're rough. So, They'll uh, put some hair on your knuckles, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, being able to do um, pull-ups, 
uh, is definitely on my list. I, you know, I've signed up for Spartan races and paid for them and not gone. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so that might be on, on the list too, doing something running wise. You know, I see a bunch of people that, and again, this is me dogging anybody else, but it's just a comparison that I make in my head. I see people complete five K's and they're not anywhere near the shape that, that, that I am. Right. And so again, before this, I'm like, I'm not going to run a freaking 5k. What's the point of that? <laughs> right, yeah. you know what I mean? But, uh, so maybe signing up for some of those, you know, three K's, five K's, 10 K's maybe. Uh, and I had a dream at one point in time to, to do an Ironman, to be a triathlete too. And so, um, I think I have the, the book, uh, was it called big boy? Yeah. Tries yeah. Or something like that. And, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but all the people, the 200 plus pounds that are, you know, into that. And so, uh, it's embracing those things. It's, it's about accepting challenges, uh, doing hard things. And this is, this is a big, hard thing for me in terms of, uh, getting my physical fitness to where it could be. And so I think there's a lot of options out there. I think the big thing though, what does the future hold? Well, it holds more of this, mm -hmm. right? It's not, it's not, it's not a plateau at this point. It's, you know, getting there and then figuring out what the next peak is going to be. Well said. I appreciate that. Yeah, a lot of people in their health and fitness journey in the beginning can't imagine more doors opening up right. because you're in a place where it's hard. It feels like you're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, so right. to speak, but you're really opening new doors on your path and you can decide to walk down them or not, which is yeah. cool because it gets to be a decision rather than you know something you're forced into or, Absolutely. or something you can't do at all. A healthy man has a thousand dreams, but a sick man has only one. And it's and I'm not saying you were sick necessarily, yeah. but but from a fitness perspective, you only have one dream when you don't have a lot of things going for you in that realm. But as the doors start opening up, you're like, you know what? I yeah. could probably walk down any one of these paths and it would be good and it would be worth exploring. Yeah, absolutely. These don't go out on, on video yet for you, I don't think, Alex, but it you know just the metaphor, it, you know, John Maxwell talked about how, I'm, and I'm holding my hand up and I'm having my other finger as an index finger pointed towards it. And when, you're, when your hand and your index finger are far away, this is like you being on a, on a boat and this is the horizon. And the further away you are from the big picture, uh, it seems kind of, it's out there, it's big. But as soon as you, you start you know, making progress towards the big picture, the big picture actually looks way bigger than what you thought it was, right? Mm. So that, kind of that same idea that, when you're away from it, yeah, it's big and it's kind of mind blowing, but as you get closer and closer to it, it's even bigger than what you ever thought possible. Cool. Dude, I just want to say thank you so much. I appreciate you being coachable. I've worked with a lot of people in my lifetime who are happy to tell other people what to do. Not that that's where you live, right, but right. they're happy to tell other people what yeah. to do. But when it comes to being coached, that, that's a whole other skill set altogether yeah. is to be humble enough to let somebody direct you a bit and, and to hold you accountable and to call you out when you don't do what you say you were going to do or whatever. And to also to be vulnerable enough to talk through your concerns, you know, like <laughs> I, I get a lot of things from, from people in the, the coaching realm, my clients that I work with that they wouldn't say to their spouses, you know, like, mm -hmm. because it's just hard to. Uh, and so anyway, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. It's been an honor to support you in, in your corner. And uh, is there anything else that, that we need to cover to make sure that this conversation is high integrity and complete? This is always a pitch for coaching, right? <laughs> and, you know, people always, you know, contemplate that. Why hire a coach? Why work with a coach? 
And, you know, hearing from me as a coach, working, you know, with a coach, but the, the answer really kind of boils down to this. Number one, if you're not happy with where you're currently at, and if everything that you've done thus far is kind of taken to you to where you're at without much change happening in the future, then you ought to consider a coach because a coach is going to get you there um, faster. Um, you know, so you're going to spend less time, you're going to make less mistakes, and you're going to use less resources in the long term. Now on the front end, obviously coaching costs. But when you compare that cost to, again, what would be the cost of me continuing in my, you know, 30 plus you know, overweight state, and then pushing into my 50s like that, and then pushing into the 60s like that, because I'm, you know, high blood pressure, hypertension, which now, you know, by the way, um, I'm in the normal range blood pressure. So that's, the one, you know, <laughs> right. And that's part of my engine, you know, getting to where it's at. Um, what's the cost associated with that? You know, what's the cost of having a diagnosis of, of diabetes or coronary heart disease or whatever? What's, what's that cost? You know, and I can tell you right now, uh, it pales in comparison to the little amount that coaching is going to cost you on the front end, right? right? And so that's the reason why somebody needs to consider bringing coaching into their life because you're worth the investment. Um, yes, it, it's money, um, but the cost of not coaching and not getting the results that you deserve and capable of far outweigh, you know, whatever penance that, that, that coaching is going to cost you on the front end. Well said. And I'd like to give you an opportunity to, to help differentiate what it is that you coach versus because yeah. we, we've spent a lot of time here talking about what what I coach and, and for many people they have that I hope they have the picture of you know when the fatty eight-week programs aren't working for you fad fad d with two d's not two mm-hmm. t's when the fatty programs aren't working for you and you're unhappy with your health and fitness then you know that's where that's where me and and defining dad bod can come in but for you nick when is it appropriate to connect with somebody who does the sort of coaching that you do so you know what i'm focused on primarily and this has kind of gone through some evolution and whatnot but I, I really have a heart for people that are in that provider role and so they're in a relationship and they have children and it could be you know male or female that's in that provider role and they know that they could be doing something better or different, but they can't imagine how to fit something more into their schedule. And so it's providers that want to do better by their partners and better by their kids, but yet feel stuck because of the career that they're in, the time that they have available to them, or just the fear of doing something different and then risking, you know, what if this doesn't work out? And, you know, how am I going to continue to support my family and take a risk at the same time? Mm-hmm. And, for me, it's about helping people, you know, create a mindset that will get them there, uh, create a mission, meaning what, what's your focus, what's your priority every single day, and then how do you actually build in uh, into your schedule habits that you can do every single day that if you were to execute on them, you can't help but reach your goals. And so mm-hmm. sometimes that's helping somebody um, start a new business. Sometimes it's developing other income streams. Sometimes it's just purely, I miss being there for my kids when they're doing X, Y, Z. And I don't, I'm stuck in this job and this career. How, how do I do something different, right? That's what I love to do. I love to help people that are in that provider role and to help them uh, create a vision for what that could be like and do it with what they currently have available to them. That's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's oftentimes just a shift in perspective, just a tweak on what they currently have available to them. It's just like me using my carport for my home gym, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly right. And you say that you say it like it's easy, like it's just a shift. It's just a mindset, but it's it's (laughs) something something about being able to speak the things 
that you can't speak or are hard to speak to somebody who has no skin in the game except for your best. Like sometimes Absolutely. just doing that will change everything in your brain. Um, yep. And then, you know, it kind of helps that you're also a business owner and a career man and a provider with children. And so, you know, people are not just speaking to a blank wall. Mm -hmm. They're speaking to somebody with perspective who can help them navigate those waters. So yeah. thanks for that. I, yeah. I appreciate that. I know how hard it is sometimes to be the provider in the house and not know who you're supposed to turn to when you don't have the answers. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well said. Uh, well, man, I, I feel like this is great. I feel like we could continue talking, but at the same time, I, I hope this has been very valuable to everybody and that uh, they'll appreciate your journey. appreciate your honesty and speaking through the, the challenges and mindset changes that happened for you. Uh, do you want to leave anybody with anything? Absolutely. So one of the things that I offer just kind of like Alex's uh, jumpstart is if you head over to my website, which is www.nixotello.com, there's a button at the top. It's red and it says free strategy session. So all you got to do is click the button. You'll get on my calendar. I'll give you 30 minutes of my time. And at the very least, I will help you point to what the next steps are. You know, hopefully we can work together in a coaching dynamic, but I guarantee not to waste anybody's time that if you spend that 30 minutes with me, you will leave that time spent on the phone call or through a Zoom with some actionable steps of things that you can do right now to upgrade your life. Are you saying you do a 30 minute free coaching session to help set the strategy? Absolutely. Oh, that's sexy. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you don't do that, like if you feel the least bit stuck and you don't do that, like that's on you, man. Everybody's got 30 minutes. That's right. Dude, you, you rock. I'll, I'll make sure that that's in the link that goes out to my audience too, because I, I think that's very valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Well, brother, thank you so much for this time. Uh, I hope that uh, the listeners got a lot out of it. I'm really excited to uh, see the next steps for you. That's going to be powerful. And uh, I don't know, maybe we will go to Cabo sometime. That could be a lot of fun. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right. Take care of yourself, brother. And uh, to everybody else, this has been Alex Van Houten with Defining Dad Bod. Until next time, guys. Kick butt. Take names. Now that's not a conversation you get to hear on an everyday basis, hearing a coach being coached, hearing my personal story of choosing to take my own personal fitness serious and serious enough to hire my own coach. So I'm very grateful for Alex Van Houten and defining dad bod. And the 16 week course that I was in is something that he offers to his clients. And it started for me with a, what he calls a jump start, And that's a program that he offers, you know, several times a year. And that's where I got to learn more about Alex and what his process is and if it was going to work for me. And it did. And I'm happy to say that it did. I'm happy to say that Alex uh, is my fitness coach, and I'm happy to refer people to Alex. Um, if it's fitness that you're after, there's a lot of reasons that may underlie why you're focused on fitness. And Alex is great at getting to those other reasons. We call that your why in the coaching world. And I really just appreciate uh, his care and his ability to individualize what he has to offer in terms of nutrition plans and workout plans to really meet your specific goals and needs. Hey, I was doing this during pandemic and the gyms were closed and all I had was, you know, the assembly of weights that I was able to kind of quickly get uh, last 
April and May and June of 2020, and there wasn't a whole lot around in terms of equipment. But nonetheless, I was able to get together, uh, you know, squat rack and a, and a bench and a barbell and some weights. And I took a picture of it and showed it to Alex. Oh, and I had some kettlebells too. I don't want to leave out kettlebells and took a picture of it all and sent it to Alex and he was able to look at what I had and put together a program custom fit for me. So I really appreciated that. And that just showed me that he's willing to do whatever it takes to help me as his client reach my goals. And I know that he does the same for other folks as well. He can do the same for you if you choose to take him up uh, as a fitness coach. I highly recommend it. All right, that's it. Thanks for uh, being here with me on the Upgraded Life podcast. I hope this was fun to hear one coach talking to another coach, one coach being coached by another coach. It was fun for Alex and myself, and I hope you got something out of it. Hey, as always, to get the details on this show and to find out more about this guest, head over to my website. My website is www.nicksotello.com forward slash T-U-L podcast, the Upgraded Life podcast. While you're over at my website, don't forget to check out the three opportunity buttons at the very top. They are scheduling a time with me. I'll give you a free 30-minute strategy session. Checking out CBD products from Nature's Ultra. And then also, if you're looking to create an additional stream of income, I can help you out with that too. This takes 20 minutes of your time. Click on the button that says income boost. Give me your name and email and I'll send you a presentation. Thank you again so much for listening to my show, the Upgraded Life podcast. I'm dedicated to this show because I've seen too many people live a life that just really wasn't about realizing and reaching their potential. So if you listen to this show and you were somehow some way inspired to take action, let me know by going over to Apple Podcasts, leave me a five-star review, and that will tell me that you enjoyed the show. This is Dr. Nick Sotelo, and I'm urging you to do something today to realize and reach your potential, and I'll catch you on the next show.